Hey there, welcome to the Lead Bold Podcast, a place where we engage in incredible conversations with amazing leaders in ministry and ministry partners as we encourage and challenge one another to live fully into what God is calling us to be. Each episode, we'll dig into three questions. One, what is hard about being a woman leading in ministry? Two, what is one transformational or even trajectory-changing lesson you've learned about leadership? And three, what does it mean to you to lead bold? We cannot tell you how excited we are for this week's guest. We are talking today with Dr. Cindy Kazanis, who is part of the Lead Bold team and is truly an incredible encouragement to all of us. Dr. Cindy got her master's at Fuller Theological Seminary in Marriage and Family Therapy, as well as her doctorate in Intercultural Studies. And she herself has been an adjunct professor at Western Seminary and has been truly ministering to, serving, and just enriching the lives of women of all ages for the past 30 years. Here's Andrea. Welcome back, listeners. Well, I could not be more thrilled to get to share with you the conversation that Erin and I had with Dr. Cindy Kazanis. She brings with her a trifold perspective from the world of academia, the world of psychology, and the world of church leadership life. So I know that you're going to appreciate that perspective that she brings as we talk about what some of the unique challenges are that we as women in ministry face. She also has some incredibly freeing words to help us live into all that God's called us to be. I know you'll enjoy this episode. We are back with another episode of the Lead Bold Podcast. So hello to you leaders out there listening who are navigating ministry leadership in this crazy time. I'm here with my co-host, Aaron Seth. Hey, Aaron. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been doing well and staying safe out there. Yep, and we are so excited for the conversation we get to have with our guest today, Dr. Cindy Kazanis. Welcome, Cindy. Hey, hey. So good to be here. I am especially excited to have you here because, you know, Aaron and I are both on this leadership team for Lead Bold, and our guest today, Cindy, is also on our leadership team, and we connected several years ago, and I know just right away when we met, your heart for women um, who are leaders is just, I mean, it just like oozes out of you, if that's okay to say. (laughs) And I wanted to just have our listeners have a chance to just get to know you a little bit about, you know, where does that come from and what have you been doing in this space already for years? So maybe can you start by telling us a little bit about that? Yeah, we can go way back into the dark ages when I was a young life leader. (laughs) And uh, I loved being around high school Um, young women because I was just freshly out of high school myself and we all struggle with identity and who am I and what makes me valuable and so just being a few steps ahead of them I loved hanging out with these women and helping them uh, grow more solid in their understanding of who God called them and who what they had to offer the world and as I um, grew um, went back to school got my master's in marriage and family therapy, I started um, doing groups for single women and for married women and all kinds of different um, aspects of womanhood. And I just recognized the same issue, just at a greater degree of still not under, women still not understanding their identity. And so that just became a passion for me because I know that all these women were super gifted, but they were always stunted a little bit because they were questioning their design. So 
It's my life yeah. mission to help women understand. So what you're saying is no matter how old we are or how long we've been in ministry or leadership, there's still that doubt in us mm-hmm. wondering, who am I really? Am I being fake? What is this all yes. about, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And I think we just That's tend to <laughs> ignore it the older we get, but mm. gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So, so the longer, the longer you just kind of compartmentalize it and keep going, the harder it is to kind of attend to it later. Mm. Yes, it kind of get it goes underground, and I think it usually takes a major wound for it to get exposed again. But then there's the opportunity for healing when it is exposed. So yes, the main maybe thing. So you just, got your start. Oh, I was just going to say you got your start all the way in young life, which is so incredible. So you've had a chance to really minister to women at multiple different age groups, heterogeneously across that that time, which is so amazing. Yeah. And are you currently? Um, what are you currently doing in terms of your current sitch? I know that's such a weird thing to ask, obviously, like because when people ask me what I'm doing right now, I'm like. Um, working from my kitchen table and watching Netflix, what are you doing, right? Um, so that's a weird question to ask, but yes. in terms of your ministry, where are you currently? Oh, well, I am not far from my kitchen. I'm in my office, which is a, a, about 50 feet away. And I am currently life coaching and doing spiritual direction for women leaders. And I am also using this time to, to create curriculum for, um, uh, Bible study and also for issues surrounding women in leadership. So yeah, it's been a, a good time. I've also been learning art. So I've given, my, given myself permission to learn something new during this time. So I've been taking a lot of online art classes. That's amazing. Uh, that's phenomenal. Actually, awesome. we're fresh yes. off a, a event, right? Pardon? Dr. Cindy, you were just at an event with um, a socially distanced art, kind of art focused creativity event with some of the Lead Bold Ladies, which is really awesome. It was fun. We had a great time. Yeah, I um, I think one of the reasons I'm so excited to talk with you today as we kind of jump into our three questions that we always have at every on every episode, and it's so fun to just see the diverse answers to the same three questions. But um, so we're going to start with this question of, what is hard about being a woman in ministry? And the reason I'm so excited to get to talk with you about this topic in particular is that I feel like you've had your foot in a lot of different circles, you know, whether it's um, academia or obviously in the psychology therapy counseling world, um, in the church world, you have, and then in even the parachurch world with, you were talking about, you know, early on. I would, I would love to get your perspective on just what you've seen over that time and what you've observed and even experienced in your own life about what are some of the unique challenges for, for a woman in leadership. So let's jump in and talk about that. Okay. This is a very deep subject and one that I'm very passionate about. And I wish that we had a couple of days to talk about it because we will not do justice <laughs> today. But um, one of the issues that I've noticed is that women don't have a strong theology or a theological basis for understanding themselves as leaders in the church. And because of that, uh, however they were raised, the culture that they were raised in, what their parents taught them, what their churches teach them, kind of gets, um, I guess, absorbed without a whole lot of um, 
of introspection and doing their own research to find out what the Bible has has to say. And so I, I come across a lot of women. In fact, I just spoke with one today, a pastor in a church who has an opportunity to perhaps step into a greater position, but she is feeling a little unsure. Because, and yet at the same time, she's gifted and she's got all the qualifications needed, but it's still she's still lacking a little bit of that um, confidence because of, uh, or that comes from knowing that this is okay because this is how God designed it for men and women to be ruling and reigning this planet together, to be co-leading on this planet together. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of, we, we play a lot of um, games in our minds about what we can and cannot do because we lack a strong theological foundation. Does that make sense? For you, do you feel like, it does make sense. Do you feel like, um, how does that connect with our identity? I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, knowing what we believe mm -hmm. or even deconstructing what we have believed. How right. does that interplay with our view of ourselves and our identity? That's a great question. What The first thing that comes to my mind is, what are some of the ways that we characterize leaders in general? And it, when I ask that to people, the the some of the adjectives that are used are things like um, ambitious and strong and, you know, things that we naturally, at least in our culture, associate with male gender and not female mm -hmm. gender. And so when we have women that are strong, and that doesn't mean that they, you know, run over people, but they're strong and they're confident and ambitious, we almost view them with a suspicion and can look down upon them for having those characteristics when that's just the way God designed them. And then on the other hand, we also view leadership through a very narrow lens. And usually that's through a lens that uh, is hierarchical. And what that means is like there's a leader on the top and then it kind of filters down through kind of like a triangle. You have a couple people below them and a few below that. And women's ways of leading, and these are all generalizations because of course not all men lead one way and not all women lead another, but women as a whole are more relational. And Sally Helgeson has written several great books on women's ways of leading. And she describes it as a web type leadership where women, you could see them in the center, women leaders, but they're always drawing people in. So it's more connecting and relational and mm. pulling people in. It's not a top down. It's, um, it's a type of uh, leadership that I'm seeing more and more in the church, which is good. But our, our systems in general in the church support a very hierarchical mode of leadership, which is not always conducive to women uh, moving in the realms of leadership. That's fascinating. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard it described in that fashion. And I do think that, you know, because oftentimes, you know, the world around us um, is not always like when you think about a corporate world where there is that idea of leadership or someone who leads teams, right? It does in a corporate sense, it kind of builds this image we've probably had, you know, ingrained for a long time, which is very structured, very hierarchical versus, you know, a more, like you said, interpersonal, more relational um, style of leading. And um, it's interesting to see that the church, which is a very interpersonal place, also still holds a lot of those external structures of being very kind of corporately built. Right. And so bringing it back to your question, too, how does that affect a woman's identity? We try to figure out how do I fit in here? 
how do I lead in a way that feels authentic to me? Uh, and where is there space for me to lead in that way in, in a church setting or in a ministry setting when most ministry settings are set up in that hierarchical way? And sometimes there's not even room for women to move in those arenas. And I think one thing we talked about too is oftentimes women are asked to lead, but it's truly not leadership, it's a support role. So how do we, as women who feel called to leadership, how, how do we enter those arenas without having to push our way in? Yeah, that's really good. I, I love that visual too, that you said sort of more the web versus the triangle. Uh, the word that comes to mind for me as I hear that is inclusion. You know, here we are as women leaders and we are as good leaders wanting to see the potential that people bring and then bring them into the network. And where it is a struggle is if we at the same time are trying to be the top of the pyramid because that's what the structure is, um, we find ourselves, I think we find a lot of women who are lonely at that place mm -hmm. because yeah. we've been told that you're supposed to be the leader. And I think maybe what you're saying is everything in us, or maybe that's too broad, but much of how our natural wiring might be is to be inclus inclusive and bringing people along and building that whole network but the structure to lead that way is one that we're having to create. That feels like it's in conflict with the structure that we've been asked to lead. Right. So, man, and we're screwed. I, I have... Wait, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> well, I think there's what no... are we supposed to do? <laughs> well, the first thing is I, I want to give you a little shout out, Andrea, because you are a web-like leader. You are always reaching out and drawing people in and setting people free to do what they're best at. And so you're a great example of that kind of leader. So I really appreciate that about you. You're here. But you know how we we talk a lot these days in our political and um, all the, the social upheaval about systemic racism? Well, we have systemic issues of bias in the church that need to be looked at too, but it takes a lot of courage to look at those things because oftentimes when we ask questions and when we question the way that things have always been done, the structure of things, how they have limited, not just women, but people of color. And um, I could go on and on about that. But when we question that, oftentimes we're labeled as, uh, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like in, in terms of like being a troublemaker or being somebody yeah. who's just not, like how dare you push against yeah, you're not a team player. You're not on board. Yeah, you're not a team yeah. player. Yeah. Uh-huh. When I think just as we're looking at the systemic issues in society that are that are causing uh, people to not be included, we need to do the same thing in the church and figure out how we can be better at making the church look like Jesus intended us to look. And that would mean including everybody in whatever um, capacity God has called and gifted them. Which, again, I mean, I know this goes deep, but then it really makes us have to question what is power and what is authority and what is that really supposed to look like? Because I think we have taken those two concepts and abused them um, with the roles that we've taken on in the church. And we look in some ways nothing like Jesus intended us to. So I don't know. There's a lot of deep issues to go after in this. So Absolutely. for you and this 
this kind of takes us to our next question for you. Um, you know, obviously this is something you're passionate about. It's something that you have, um, I think, come alongside many, many women in their individual journeys to help them in this um, and in your teaching as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about, was there something that sort of was a trajectory shift for you that really brought this to the forefront of it being part of your, you know, mission in the world kind of thing? Can we talk about that? Yeah, definitely. Life experience plays into that. Having um, grown up in the church and been a part of church leadership in, in many different arenas and watching uh, example after bad example of how women have been treated in the church. Obviously, it's, I take note, you know, and for instance, one of my dearest friends, she uh, served in a full-time capacity at a church for over 25 years. And it wasn't until the end of her time there that she told me she had never been paid. So she was serving full-time amongst all this you know, all the other what? staff getting paid. And she, of course, a large part of what she did was women's ministry. So that mm. tells you about the value that was placed on what was happening in the church with women, even though it was one of the largest and most healthy segments of the church at that time. So, wow. I mean, there's one. Wow. And then, uh, I feel like I decided... we just need a moment of silence. <laughs> just a moment I, yeah. of silence to yeah. let that sink in of... Yeah, just, uh, you know, the assumptions, right? The assumption that you made, which was, well, of course, she's on staff. She's she's being compensated like everybody else. And also the assumption that here's this gifted woman who's a leader who it's fine for her to do it as her way of serving. And even though you would never, ever consider that if, if she was a man. So true. Right. Wow. Yeah, so there, there would be a, a lot to unpack there. I think that the redemptive part is that she was so, um, so excited to honor God and to serve God that she didn't let yeah. that peace stop her, which I think many right. women would do. I mean, we were obviously being compensated is important, but serving God is more important than that, you know, so it's like, Anyway, there's a there's a whole lot there, and most women would be willing to do whatever God called them to do, under any circumstance. But it doesn't make it right. Yeah, that's a yeah. tough balance to strike. <clears throat> I think for anyone in ministry is that mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day, you know a person is is you know putting their heart, soul, and and time into something significant, and it is so yeah. rarely compensated at a similar level to what other jobs outside of ministry look like, or even as right. we talked about now with a significant discrepancy against male leadership in the church or other right. programs that are led by, um, by men. And so it's, it's, yeah. it's something that we would hope as believers in the church that we are unlike the world because it's something the world deals with as, as, as much as well in terms of inequity in pay for female mm-hmm. um, employees. But it is right. uh, it's that added layer of, of at the same time, this is ministry and I am serving the Lord and it's a call like this kind of yeah. balancing all of those elements is um, at the same time in ministry, we wear a lot of hats. You're not just someone who might be administrative. You do a lot of like interpersonal mentorship. Um, you know, you're usually the first people there and the last ones to leave. And there is, mm-hmm. there's an element of finding a very tactful balance of a very difficult call um, against, you know, meeting your provisional needs as well. And it's hard to, to find the level for sure. Right. 
Cindy, how was it for you in in the academic world? Um, I'm sure that you hmm. uh, got to rub shoulders with a lot of really highly qualified women. Yes. Uh, you know, who were teaching and leading and then also were at a church somewhere and might not have been welcomed into that kind of role. Do you have any experience with that? Yes, too many to mention in this short time. Uh, But uh, my mentor professor, she is an amazing woman. She, uh, She served on her church and I flipping and I can never remember the name of this the the um the words to the songs in the, what do you call like those? on a like old school like on a transfer yeah, overhead yeah. Oh, like transparency yeah. yeah that was her form of ministry because she wasn't invited to speak or preach at her church so her outlet was, was actually a, she was your she was your mentor professor like, mentor professor yes so it's oh, just highly accomplished lady. Oh, highly accomplished. And throughout my my time uh, in academia, I've met many such women who have their doctorates, who uh, are accomplished in the business world and in many other places. And yet, when it comes to them finding a place in the church, it's usually serving under the radar, because I think maybe men uh, in and again, I don't want to make broad generalizations, but I've met too many women like this to not at least make some statement about it, that they can often be off-putting to men who feel intimidated by their wisdom, by their knowledge, by the fact that they think for themselves, you know, maybe have a little bit more confidence than they're used to. And um, yeah, that's sad to me. But I, I have to say too, though, the Part of my research had to do with um, following a group of students, women who were here in the United States studying for ministry leadership, then going back to their own country. And I followed them back to their country just to see where they were. And it was really hard because they live in what what is considered one of the most gender equal countries in the world. And yet when they mm. got back into the church, there was not a place in ministry leadership for the large majority of them. And so they had to try to figure out, well, what do I do now with the call that I know God has on my life? And there's many such women like that. And I think when I look at my own life, it forced me to look at um, having to move outside of the four walls of the church to do all the things that God had put on my heart. And in some ways that's sad. In other ways, it's I think exactly what God wanted to not be contained within just one location, but to recognize myself as a member of the larger body of Christ in that I have something to offer wherever he calls me to go. So, yeah. That is such yeah, an I think concept. that's great. Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. I'll, I'll remember what I was going to oh, say. Oh, I was just going to say that's such an interesting concept that I think, um, I think a lot of us struggle with, which is, you know, for even for females who are maybe thinking like, I feel called to do this but I'm at this church where there isn't growth opportunity for me, or there isn't a, an option to kind of move into another, uh, you know, transitional leadership position, et cetera, or even just the rest of us who so often kind of consider the church really as this structure within our own personal community versus the broader idea of the body of Christ and that the church is, you know, his kingdom, his followers, and that there is room, there's room to engage in ministry 
that is not necessarily tied to one location and it isn't necessarily like missions focused. It can still be something incredibly um, insightful and empowering and impactful that's connected to the greater mission of all of us drawing closer to our savior that isn't confined to one location, which is something that seems simple, but I'm sure in, in lieu of all the elements around often gets, um, you know, set aside in our minds as kind of, you know, subconscious in the background, but it very much is a viable and important piece of, of the body yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Well yeah. Said. I think one of the things that we have going for us just to dovetail off what you said, Aaron, was that we live in a day and age where we have access to other ways to serve and other communities that aren't communities that, you know, we can drive our wagon to. <laughs> They're communities that are truly a global community <laughs> uh-huh, um, right. where, you know, we can have that influence. And, you know, I hope that, you know, the bottom line is that each woman has to navigate her unique journey. And, right. you know, and, and it's going to probably look different than it did. You know, one person's journey is going to look different than it did 10 years ago. And so it's us all having wisdom and courage to serve where the Holy Spirit is calling us to serve. And and we just have a lot more options now. And we have people yeah. like you, Dr. Cindy, who can hold our hand as we try to figure that out. And I love that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so- I don't. Oh, I was no, just go going to say, I, I also place a high value on the local body of Christ, too. It's not that there is so many wonderful, amazing things that happen in all of our local bodies. So I would never discount those for anything. I just, I am of the ilk that um, things need to keep changing. And we're none of us really like to change very much. But I'm hopeful and I'm praying that we continue to grow and change to become more of what, what Jesus intended us to be. Yeah, yeah, we have this we have this running gag where we try to come up with um, the autobiography title for our guests. I since you brought it up, I wrote I wrote one down. It would be like um, you know whatever the title is, and then the subtitle would just be "There's a lot to unpack there." It's always like, oh, there's, there's a deeper layer. There's always the deeper layer with Dr. Cindy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so as uh, kind of segueing to our last question, which is just this really open-ended question of what does it mean to lead bold? Um, it, you know, for you who has walked your own journey, has certainly supported and walked with many men and women making their journey and then just kind of getting to see it from your unique vantage point, again, just in those different circles. Um, please tell us, what is it to lead bold? Mm. You know, I I would say that I'm actually going to read something that I wrote because I'll, I'll mess it up if I don't. But it means not to be satisfied with less than all God designed me to be. And I would say that that has been a lifelong struggle for me. Uh, at 53, I can look back over my life, and I was the kid that followed all the rules that never really wanted to stand out. And yet, all pretty much all my life, I recognize that God put gifts and talents in me that didn't quite fit any of the boxes that people wanted to put me. And because I was uh, quiet and kind of internalized things uh, and was a people pleaser, it took a long time for me to be comfortable stepping into those places that 
were internal in me. And then all of a sudden I realized, wait, there's value in me that I need to start recognizing that God place there and um, give myself permission to to practice and to try and to move and to grow and not be um, constricted by what other people thought I should be. So I'm at the point in my life, and maybe it's also part of my age, that I don't want to be anything less than God's designed me to be. I don't need to apologize for it or minimize it or try to make myself more likable to anybody. I mean, I love people and I want them to love me, but that's not my goal in life anymore. It's to uh, love people well, to love God well, and to use every gift he's given me to the fullest so that someday when I kick the bucket, you know, I am just, uh, I'm full, but I'm empty. You know, it's like I've poured everything out he gave to me, and now I'm in his presence and just full of joy. So, I love yeah. that visual. I love that. What do you say to the woman who, you know, is, regardless of her season of life, is struggling with that, you know, people's expectations of her and wanting to live into the fullness of who God's calling her to be? Like, can you just give us some real tangible, like, what does somebody do with that? Like a next step? Yeah, well, first I would say get into the word and start studying what God says about you. Write down every promise that he's given to you. Write down everything you know about your life and about the things that make you passionate and the, the things that really get you excited. And then on the other side, you could write a, a list of the things that are holding you back. And every single one of those, I would ask you to take before God and say, is there anything true about this? You know, And let God speak to each one of those places that you're feeling unsure or insecure and he will. And that's what I've done in my life. I continue to do in my life. And when he exposes a lie that we've believed with the truth, that lie can no longer exist. So keep your mind full of the truth of the word of God. Let it transform you, how you see God, how you see the world, and how you see yourself. I love it. I love that that cup, that triplet, I guess, this idea of, you know, so much of the way in which we carry on is in it. it really is imperative about how we see God, how we see the world and how we see ourselves and consistently asking questions in each new season. Like I would say that, like, I love that you have, you know, described like a younger version of yourself having different questions and who you are now and, and the way in which you have kind of leaded to who God has made you to be. Your questions now are different. And I think that that there is something to be said, I think about like, you know, a perception that women should be like, amenable that we should like go along and like kind of make things continue forward and i i've been so um i've been so blessed and so um just completely transformed by god when i pushed myself to ask questions whether that was of myself or from others um and without fear of basically saying if i ask this if asking this question makes me unfavorable to those who are who i'm interacting with then that then that in and of itself might be an answer and, and yeah. letting the Lord be faithful to, to be clarified in showing you those things. Yeah. But I love that, you know, ask, continually asking those questions of how do I see my God? How do I see the world? And how do I see myself? And where does that align with who I really am? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those yeah. are good yeah. and strong, powerful words. Um, so we'll wrap up here, but I did write one more note. I think I came up with a title, whichever, whatever subtitle you have, because since you shared your story, <laughs> the title can just be Identity Crisis. 
there's a lot to unpack there. Or there you go. Identity <laughs> crisis outside the four walls. Because it's uh, so true. It's so true. It, it was, sounds exhausting to relive that again. <laughs> we, we're not. We don't have. Just, we 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 leave it up to you if you actually write that book. We just tell you what we demand the title to be. Um, you know, yes. I'll just okay. I'll, I like that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll just close by saying that you know those of you listening, Lead Bold is a community where um, regardless of your situation or your season, it's a safe place to have this kind of discussion, to ask these kind of questions, and to find the support that maybe you don't have in in your closer circles or wherever you're serving. So welcome if you're new here. And we hope that today has been encouraging. I know that it has. Dr. Cindy, thank you so much for spending some time with us here at Leap Bold. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you Amazing. for the honor of being here. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you all. Time. Thank you so much for joining us in this week's episode. We are ecstatic that you got a chance to hear from Dr. Cindy, and we hope that there was something you could take away and really consider and discern more as you continue to lead in ministry. Um, we have so many opportunities to get connected at Lead Bold and wanted to share some of those with you today. We have these amazing monthly meetups as well as what we're calling mastermind meetings that are happening um, right now virtually as we continue to make sure we're socially distanced. You can find out more about those on our website as well as an incredible um, online workshop called the Contemplative Leader Workshop, which is happening in March. And our Inspired to Lead, which is a half-day retreat, is coming up in April. So if you would like more information on any of those events or any way to get connected, or even just if you're looking for a group of ladies who really get you, um, you can find a lot of that with us at leadingbold.org. We'll see you next time.